face so that you have a little bit more shade and so you're not roasting in the sun like in that. Awesome. Nice setup, Car- uh, Carolyn. Let's thank Carolyn for taking care of that for us. Awesome. Um, I don't teach on giving much. Uh, you know, we do that internally when you go through a, you know, a newcomer's class. We talk about that and teach them the Bible. And it's not that I avoid it. It's just that I don't really think about it much. You know, we just love Jesus and we're on mission and you guys are also faithful in your giving. But I, I, I felt impressed by the Lord to do it. So I'm going to do a, a, a quick teaching on this. Um, and I was asking him, why is it you want me to do this? And I, I feel like uh, what, I, what I got from was last year was really hard. And there's some people that really got devastated. And the, the, the um, temptation is to recoil out of fear and out of survival mentality. Um, but the, the opposite action will get you out of that. And that is a step forward in faith. And I don't teach on tithing because I'm a pastor. I, I was in business here in San Diego before I was a pastor and a, just a church member. And we were broke and our business was going under. And the Lord started talking to my brother and I about tithing. And that's why I learned it. And the whole business flipped around and, and we were very prosperous but the Lord, the beginning of that, getting out of hell, was um, tithing. And so, and some say that's an Old Testament thing, but um, I, I strongly disagree with that. And I don't teach on this. Uh, as Paul says, I'm not, um, he says, I, I thank you for giving to my ministry. And he said, but it's not because I desire the gift. He said, I desire the blessing that's going to come back at you. And that's my heart is I want to see you partner with God so you can see him split heaven and earth for you to bless you so that you can be a blessing. He doesn't want his kids scraping by. But you've got to do it God's way. And so uh, I'm going to spend a couple of minutes on this before we get into our, our sermon today. So there's a scripture in the book of Exodus that's really plain. Uh, I'm sorry, Leviticus um, chapter 27, verse 30. It says this, all the tithe, the tithe is a Greek word that means tenth. And it's not the last tenth, it's not the middle tenth, it's not you pay your bills and what's left over. It's the first 10% of all your income. And again, I want to remind you that I was broke when he told me to do this. And I said, this is really, really not only a bad idea, it's a dumb idea because I have no money. And But I committed in my heart, the next dollar I get, you get the first dime. And why is it the first dime? It's because it's about worship. God doesn't need our money. It's about the heart. It's, it's, he's, he, he set this up for us to deliver us from our greeds and our fears and our materialism. I mean, money is really important to us because it buys our needs and our greeds, fulfills our desires. And so God is saying, I don't want you worshiping money. I don't want you to look at money as your source. I am your source. And so give me the first 10%. It's kind of like he lets us buy a triple dip ice cream cone. And he says, I just want the first lick. You know, I mean, he doesn't, he's not asking for the whole ice cream cone. He's just, so it's, it's about trust. That's what the whole thing is about, is about trust. But then he unleashes his blessings on us once we trust him. And so the book of Leviticus says this very clearly. All the tithe, not some of it, not 8%, not 5%, 10%, all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the trees, because they were um, agrarian culture, uh, culture back then, they were farmers, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. That is huge. The first 10%, the Bible says, isn't even ours. It's His. That's why the book of Malachi says you are robbing God. They say, how are we robbing God? He said, because you're not giving Him the first 10% of His increase. Your increase. He's blessed you. And the first 10%, He's already put His name on it. That's mine. And you say, well, I earned it. Yeah, but he gave you the breath in your lungs and he gave you life and he gave you your ability. He says, I give you the, I give you power, the ability to gain wealth so I can establish my covenant with you. I'm a good God. And he says, but the first 10% is mine. Again, it's a protective thing. So that we learn to trust that he's our source, not our money, not our jobs, not our 401k. He's our source. So. The last thing I want to say about this is uh, a tremendous passage in the book of Genesis. Now, this, uh, for those that would say that this, you know, tithing is Old Testament law. Well, Abraham was a man of faith. He was the first believer. He was the first one the gospel was preached to. 
And now it says all those who are in Christ are seeds of Abraham. Abraham is called the father of, not the law. Moses was the lawgiver. Abraham was the father of faith. And we say that's the covenant that we're in, a covenant of faith. And so God calls Abraham to follow him, to worship him. He says, Abraham was a moon worshiper. And God showed up and said, hey, I created the moon. How about you worship me instead of the moon? And Abraham says, all right, I'll do that. And so he becomes the first covenant man. And so uh, his, his nephew Lot gets uh, taken captive. And so Abraham takes 300 household servants and goes out against five kings and whoops up on them. He was a covenant man. He had a covenant with God. It's like David, right? A teenager that whooped up on Goliath. He said, who's this uncircumcised Philistine? That means who's this guy who's 10 feet tall, yet he doesn't have a relationship with God like I do. So it doesn't matter how big he is. I'm going to whoop up on him. And he did. Same thing with Abraham. He said, there's five kings coming out to war. I will take my 300 household servants and I'll go out and I'll win the battle. And he did. But what did he do after he won the battle and he got all of their wealth? This is amazing. This is called a Christophany. This is an appearance of Jesus in the Old Testament. It says, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem. There was no place geographically named Salem. And there was no king of Salem. Melchizedek, the book of Hebrews says, had no beginning and no end. This is Christ manifesting in the Old Testament. You can read that in Hebrews chapter 7. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. And he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed Abraham and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. So here is Jesus manifesting the Old Testament, blessing Abraham and blessing God. He's a priest. He's connecting heaven and earth. Then it says, And Abraham gave him a tithe of all. There's tithing right there in the Abrahamic faith covenant. Not under the law, which came 400 years later. Tithing is a spiritual thing. It's worship. And look what Abraham says next. This is amazing. And then let's see what God says, and I'll be done. And Abraham gave him a tithe of all. And the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the persons, give me my people back, and you can have all the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord God Most High, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap, and that I will not take anything that is yours, lest you should say, I have made Abraham rich. I'm only going to take what the young men have eaten and the portion of the young men who were with me. Uh, let, let, let them take their portion. So he gave it all back. He took 10%, gave it to Melchizedek, the priest, the king, king of Salem, the king of peace, Jesus. He tithed to God. Then he gave all the wealth back to the five kings and said, you can have it all back. God's my source. And then look what God does next. And this is for you. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield and your reward is going to be great. (laughs) God rewards those who trust him. He rewards those who diligently seek him. You can't find a scripture of giving to God in the entire Bible where there's not a return on the back end of it. God will not be outgiven. And listen, I want to remind you, this is how I got out of poverty. This is how I got out out of debt. There was no way out for us. And the Lord said, start tithing. I tell this to single moms who don't have enough to feed their kids. And I tell it to rich people, CEOs of corporations. You got to tithe. You got to do it God's way. And it opens to heaven and God gets involved. So I want to pray for you to have courage. To trust God. Have faith. Step out. If you're watching online and you have never tithed or you stopped tithing out of fear or unbelief or whatever it is, draw a line in the sand right now and say, I'm crossing the chicken line. I'm going to trust God. I promise you he's going to show you that everything I just shared was from him. It's the truth. All right, let's pray over this. Lord Jesus, I thank you for a faithful people. But most of all, we thank you that you are such a faithful God. You are the one who set this all up. 
and said, if we would give you what is yours, the first 10% of all of our income, and call it holy to you, that you would bless us exceedingly. You would reward us so we could be a blessing. Lord, I pray for all those who are struggling financially, that they will have a spirit of faith and obedience. Because I know what you will do, Father. I pray that you bless them from this day forward, Lord. They will never fear again. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. So, you can give by going to gatheringplacechurch.org and hit the give button. You can give by texting 84321. You can, there's envelopes up here in this box. You can give a check or cash up here as well. And I am looking forward to your testimonies. <laughs> that was the whole purpose of that whole teaching was so you could be blessed so that you can be a blessing. Amen. Amen. All right. So, I've got a great testimony this morning from Chris Jordan. Uh, I always like to give a testimony before I give the message because it's the proof in the pudding. And uh, this week I uh, sent you guys a message through an email. If you're not getting uh, my congregational emails, you can um, email info, I-N-F-O, at gatheringplacechurch.org and Shelly uh, will make sure that you're getting my congregation emails. This week I sent one out about the presence of God. There's a tremendous promise in the Bible that says that my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Well, Chris Jordan, um, who's here today, he, he said, you know, we, we met yesterday at the youth event um, and uh, we sat on a bench and we talked for about 45 minutes. It was a wonderful connecting time with with chris and we're talking about his life and what god's doing in his life and he said you know i felt like the lord told me recently that he wanted me to rest and not physical rest spiritual rest i said chris i've been hearing that from so many believers how many of you have heard the lord say that to you look at this to rest in him and uh he said i was asking the lord for confirmation and then my email came out and the email was about that scripture that says, God says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. He was like, wow, man, that was exactly what God is saying to me. And so then he went on to talk to me about the things that God's doing in his life. And I said, man, that is amazing. So I asked him to write it up and uh, send it to me. And he did last night. So um, I'm going to read this to you. He said, I started going to the gathering place around 2004 when we were at Shoal Creek. How many of you were at Shoal Creek, the elementary school we were at? Yeah. So Chris shows up in 2004. It was a bit too charismatic for my ex-wife. So we started checking out other churches. Shame on you. (laughs) Even going to a Mormon church a few times. It's because his ex-wife was raised Mormon. Long story short, we didn't go to any church regularly and jumped around for quite some time. I don't recall the exact timing, but one night I had a dream that I went to a church. And when I walked into the church, I saw several people from the gathering places. uh, Pastor John and Chris Sheridan and Chris Paplava. But the church looked very different than the gathering place that I remembered. I remember seeing a big stage with a big screen and red chairs in an auditorium. I remember thinking, I need to get back to the gathering place. I found out that the church had moved to Mount Carmel and didn't really think anything of it until I walked in for the first time and saw the exact image from my dream with how the stage was set up and the chairs. That was confirmation for me that the gathering place church was where God wanted me to be. I'm going to continue, but the purpose of me reading this to you is we're talking about the move of the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit visiting Chris in a dream, telling him where to go to church. The Holy Spirit's our helper. You know that? That's one of his names, the helper. It was helping Chris get plugged back in. Um, Shortly after separating from my ex-wife, I was attending the Gathering Place Church. I remember having a lot of anxiety. Anybody relate? All sorts of emotion and feeling like such a failure. 
During worship, I was standing and worshiping by myself with my eyes closed and feeling very overwhelmed by my situation. And then all of a sudden, I felt like someone was hugging me and kind of holding me. And I'm a pretty big guy, so to be hugged and held in this way would take some pretty big, strong arms. I remember the stress and anxiety just draining away and having a feeling of peace like everything was going to be okay. I opened my eyes and there was nobody there. This hug by God was exactly what I needed in this situation. Isn't that amazing? He turns around to see who was giving him a bear hug, and it was God. <laughs> That's God's presence manifesting. How personal is our God? He gives him a dream, tells him what church to go to, shows him what the church looks like, and then he's worshiping, and God says, glad you're here, just gives a big old bear hug. <laughs> oh my gosh, our God. Over the last month or so, in time alone with God, I've been feeling drawn to the gift of healing. I kept getting messages that was something like, quote, you will know my people by how they cast out demons and heal the sick. Jesus said that, and this is going to lead into our message this morning. Jesus said to his first followers, go in every city you go to, heal the sick, cast out demons, cleanse lepers, raise the dead, and say, you just experienced the kingdom of God. I felt as a I felt that as a child of God, I should be casting out demons and healing the sick. A few weeks ago, Pastor Mark was preaching on the gifts of the Spirit and asked people to stand if they wanted more. I stood up, and while Mark was leading us in prayer, I started feeling electricity flowing through and pulsating through my body. It reminded me of the feeling when you accidentally touch the side of a socket or a switch where the wires connect when the power is still turned on. Mark asked us if we were feeling anything and happening, and I raised my hand. He then asked us to ask God what gift he was stirring up, and I got healing. He asked anyone that heard healing to come to the front and pray over the group of the people that needed healing, so I did. I don't know if anyone got healed there, and I haven't laid hands on anyone outside my family since then to test it out that much. I am looking forward, and here's, here's the deal. I am looking forward to continue growing in this gift and casting out demons and healing the sick. <laughs> Me too. Anybody else? All right. So let's get into the word. First Corinthians chapter 12. We're in a, we're in a series outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And with under the, under the umbrella of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we are doing a deep dive on the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit that belong to us. They belong to the church. Every time you and I gather, these gifts ought to be operating because that's who we are. It's how Jesus designed us. First Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to read verse 1 through 11 again. And uh, I've read it every time we've come together. And you say, well, why do you keep reading it? Because the opening scripture says we are not to be ignorant of these things. I just want to make sure we're not ignorant. So here we go. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts. Everybody say spiritual gifts. These aren't natural gifts. You don't get, it. you don't get these. Uh, these aren't skills. These are spiritual gifts. Brother, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away by these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God causes Jesus causes calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are diversities of ministries, but the same Lord. There's diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit, that is when this all becomes a reality. When we actually experience it here today. The manifestation of the Spirit. Now, I want to say this to you. Don't get anxious and bottled up and nervous and worried and fearful that you're not going to be able to do this. Because you're not. Because you're not the one doing it. It would be like a garden hose at Home Depot on the shelf. And it's so nervous that somebody's going to pick me. And all of a sudden, somebody picks that garden hose up off the shelf, puts it in the cart. It's like, oh, no, I'm so nervous. I'm not going to be able to produce water. Take it home, hook it up to the 
He'll get up to the faucet. That hose is all nervous and fearful. I don't know if I'm going to be able to produce water. Silly, right? Yeah, so are we when we think that we are producing the supernatural. No. God just needs a hose. <laughs> Do you dare say it? I'll be a hose for... I'll be a host for Jesus. That's not in my notes. I don't even know if it's anointed. I'm just throwing it out there. Be a hoser for God. So, you just hook up. You just hook up to God. And then Jesus turns the faucet on. And the Holy Spirit, whoosh, flows through you. And you realize, I'm just a hose. Ha, <laughs> ha. The Holy Spirit's the water, and Jesus is the one who releases the water of the Holy Spirit through us. He's got to use somebody. And I'm going to show you today that He uses anybody. Lord, I hope all that was okay. But to the but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. It's not to make you famous and to think you're wonderful. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. We taught on that. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. I taught on that last week. To another, I'm going to teach on these three today. To another, the faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, workings of miracles. I'm doing all three of those today because they all work together. To another, prophecy. Mark's going to hit that next week. And to another, discern of Spirit. Mark's going to hit that. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. Mark's going to do those. But one and the same Spirit, everybody say Spirit, works all these things distributed to each one. Everybody say each one individually as He wills. Now, let's go to the book of Acts chapter 8. Now, to many people this is weird, this is strange, they want nothing to do with it. And that is such a huge mistake. We, we, leave the demo, we leave the supernatural to the demonic, which is just how in God's name could we do that to the earth, to the human race, to let Satan have the spirit realm? No. We march into the spirit realm as believers carrying the anointing, the authority, the name of Jesus. And we cast out demons and undo the works of the devil in Jesus' name. Jesus showed us how to do it. And he said, now it's your turn. And pass the baton to us. And that's who we are. And so, in Acts chapter 8, I'm going to show you how... Some would teach, and it's, it's devastating to the church. Some teach that the miracles were only for the apostles, the first apostles, the first twelve that walked with Jesus. And then when they died, it all stopped. That's just, and I mean this out of all due respect to teachers that are good Christians, that are better teachers than I am. But on this point, forget about it. They, they just went, took a sharp left and went somewhere outside the Bible. It's just unbelief that teaches that these power gifts are not for us today. Again, Satan has not quit. So why would Jesus strip the church, the only hope of the world, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the only organization on the planet that can stop Satan, why would he strip us of all supernatural power and Satan gets to keep his? Not only does it not make any logical sense, the Bible absolutely does not support that teaching at all. And the scriptures that these precious brothers and sisters use, I can unravel them in a heartbeat. You just really have to work hard to make the scripture say that the gifts have stopped. They just haven't. And so. Verse 1 of chapter 8, Acts. Now Saul was consenting to the death. Saul was consenting to Stephen's death, the first martyr in the Bible. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they all were scattered throughout the regions of Judea. Who's all? All. Every believer, old, young, male, female, all believers, that's you, were scattered all over the place. 
Now watch this. Except the apostles. So we're not talking about the apostles now. The story we're going to read is about average Janes and Joes. Just average church folk. You and me. Ready? There arose in, in, in verse four. There arose, then verse four. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Now that word preaching there, don't put that into a professional preacher category because that's not what that word is. And that's not who we're going to talk about here. We're going to talk about a guy named Philip. You know where we first find Philip? He was a volunteer in church. There were some people that needed some food, some bread and the food distribution. And Philip said, I'll, I'll serve. It was like somebody showing up early at church here to set up chairs. That was Philip. He was just a guy saying, I'll pass out bread. And so he helps pass out bread to the widows. And uh, he was just volunteering. But now it says this. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. This word preach is not the same word that's used for preaching like what I'm doing right now. This preaching is simply, uh, it's, 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 it's a herald. It's like um, in the 1800s when they would have somebody come into a western town and they'd have a leaflet and they would nail it up to a, a post. Bam, 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 right? And it says, the, the governor of this region says, and he's saying to the crowd that gathers, the governor says, you can have no guns in town. And if you have guns in town, you're being put in jail. It's a decree from the governor. That's what a herald is. He just simply gives the message from the governor. Our message that Philip was preaching here, that you and I preach, what we herald is the message of the gospel. It's so simple. Jesus Christ left heaven and came down to die for our sins. And he did. Then he broke the power of Satan, death, hell, and the grave, rose from the dead. Now he's at the right hand of the Father. And anybody who turns their life over to Jesus will be forgiven of all your sins. And the day you die, you will be with him forever in heaven. That's what we, that's our herald. That's our message. That's the little thing we put up on a post. That's what you share with a friend. That's what you text. That's what you email. That's, that's our message. That's it. It's that simple. That's it. That message alone will change somebody's destiny from hell to heaven. So, Philip, this nobody, no seminary degree, no theological degree, not a professional preacher, no worship team, no elders, no apostles, was just Philip, just a guy. He goes down to this city and he tells them about Jesus. And the multitudes, with one accord, heeded the things spoken by Philip. Why? Hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Right, Chris? Yesterday you and I were sitting on that bench and you said, people are going to know we're the people of God when we're casting out devils and healing the sick. Right? That's what you said, right? That's what it says right here. They believed the things that Peter or Philip said because they saw the miracles that he did. First, I want you to own this. You're Philip or Philippia. If you're a female, you are just a believer. This is for you. Now, will everybody believe when they see miracles? No, they won't. They didn't even believe it when Jesus did miracles. But lots of them did. And they said, nobody can do this unless God is with them. Many of them believed because of the miracles. I remember, I'm going to finish this. It says, For unclean spirits, crying out with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was, here's the, there was great joy in that city. I want there to be great joy in this church when people walk on campus and, and the sickness and the disease just falls from their body. Come on. I'm not over preaching. I'm under preaching today with what's really actually available to us and who we really are. I want people to walk on the campus of this church and if they have, if they're demonized, if they're satanically oppressed, if Satan's harassing them, that the demons literally cannot hang out here 
Because God's presence is too strong. So I went through some training uh, with E3, which is a missions organization that Stephanie uh, was a part of, is a part of Stephanie Demink. And um, I went through the training and they taught us how to share the gospel. And it was an extensive course. You have to go three times and, and before you go to another culture. I was so upset because nowhere in the training did it say anything about healing the sick, casting out demons, cleansing lepers. And I, I couldn't help myself. I just raised my hand and said, this is terrible. I said, where's the power package? That's not, this isn't the commission Jesus gave to us. He said, go into every city and when you get there, heal the sick and say the kingdom of God has just come upon you. And so Stephanie had never heard that before. Then that where she, the, the church she was raised in didn't teach this. So she had been doing missions trips and she had, you know, been leading Christ, people of the Lord and all that. But she was like, I want that. And so she went to India and she started practicing it. And man, people started getting healed and demons started coming out. So I went to India with her and I'm walking down this dirt road and you got an interpreter and you got a guide. They're from two different tribes. They used to be at war with one another, but uh, they got saved. And so now uh, they're friends. And it's so cool. And so we're walking down and we're going to this guy's tribe and, and uh, this guy knew the area. This guy knew the language. So we're walking down. We go into this village and they said something to a lady and she kind of like ignore him. And then uh, that was about it. And then uh, she's not interested. And I said, oh, okay. We went to the next village and about the same thing happened. And I said, well, what, what, are, you, what are you saying? They said, well, we're telling them that there's an American here and that he wants to learn about the culture, learn about your culture and stuff. I said, that's not why I'm here. They said, yeah, but it's the polite thing to do. I said, I don't care about politeness. Tell them this. Tell them that I've come here to heal the sick and to cast out demons and to bring the kingdom of God. And they said, well, we can't tell them that. Now, they had been trained in evangelism, but they had not heard of the power package either. This drives me crazy. It's right here, Mark. It's not like I had to find it and then explain it. It's right on the surface of the Bible. It's so easy for us to believe, oh, yeah, well, that, that happened back then. Oh, yeah, yeah, in the future when Jesus returns. No, now. Everybody say now. Now, the Bible says in Hebrews 11, 1, now faith is not before faith was or faith will be. It says now faith is the substance of the thing you're hoping for, the evidence of the thing not seen. Today we're teaching on the gift of faith, the gifts of healings, and the working of miracles. The gift of faith, I'm going to parse this out for you very quickly. There's different kinds of faith. There's natural faith. How many of you ever flown on an airplane before? Okay, you just walked right on that sucker, didn't you? This big <laughs> hunk of metal that's going to go into the sky. And you say, oh, I struggle with faith. Oh, really? I don't think so. If you stepped on that plane, you had faith that that pilot knew how to fly it. You had faith that the engineers knew what they were doing. You have faith in the law of lift. That's natural faith. There's also um, cultivated faith. Some people say I have the gift of faith. I've heard that a lot. I don't think I do. I believe I've cultivated faith over the years by saturating myself in the Word of God and prayer and stepping out and taking risks. And I've seen so much stuff happen that I believe, but, but my faith is imperfect. I still, man, this morning I woke up at 2.30 having an anxiety attack. I got up, made a cup of coffee, and I prayed for about four hours, and I had to break through that. And I got into God's presence, and man, it's, the peace came back. I mean, come on. We all live in the planet. We're all fighting for faith. But you can get that by getting to the Word and prayer and cultivating that and, and get some wins under your belt. And you can think back to the things I believe God for. Oh, I got a testimony. I got another testimony. I got another testimony. You hit that new giant. You can reach back to those other testimonies and say, I believe God then. I'm going to believe God now. You can draw faith from the past into the now. That's cultivating faith. Then there's the measure of faith. A measure of faith is Jesus gave you a certain measure of faith that partners with your spiritual gift. 
So if you're a teacher, God gave you, like I'm teaching right now. I have confidence to teach you because Jesus has given me a measure of faith that mixes with the teaching gift. And so I can stand up and teach. You have, may have a singing gift. You may have a gift of prophecy, a gift of serving. You, you just have a, a measure of faith. You can see that in Romans chapter 12, a measure of faith that connects with your spiritual gift. And that's why you're able to do what you do and why you're passionate about your spiritual gift. It's that measure of faith. But then that's what we're talking about today. Today is a gift of faith. It's a spontaneous gift from the Holy Spirit. It's like lighting a fuse on a stick of dynamite. It's like you're standing there and you're wanting to have faith to pray for somebody and all of a sudden something just explodes inside of you. <laughs> it's not polite. You don't care about social protocols. You don't care about whether you're praying for that person in a wheelchair and they may or may not get healed. It is an explosion of faith that goes off in you that lasts for a matter of seconds that it gives you everything you need to do whatever's needed in that moment. It's an explosion of faith. I think about Paul when he was preaching one day and he looked and he saw someone and said, he saw, he perceived that he had faith to be healed. I believe that was a gift of faith. And Paul said, I'm going to jump on that right now. And the guy got healed. And these gifts of faith, they work together with words of knowledge and gifts of healings and working in miracles. Um, one time I was uh, working at a prayer line, praying for people, and I came up to this lady and immediately I knew she had what I called female, female issues, physical conditions that a lady would get. And, uh, you know, a little uncomfortable to whisper that in her ear. But, you know, it was a word of knowledge. I said, uh, I believe the Lord told me you have female issues, like physical female issues. I'm, you know, I didn't want to like say what I knew because that's embarrassing. Female issues is better, yes. She just starts crying because she had a condition that that was ruining her um, her intimacy with her husband. And they, they couldn't help her. That word of knowledge sparked a gift of faith. Right? You see how that works? It's like Jesus wouldn't tell me that unless he planned on healing her. He's not just saying, yeah, I know, sorry, you're gonna to have to hang out with that, right? And so all of a sudden there's a, the word of knowledge, the gift of faith, laid hands on her, bam, she got healed. You see how those work together? Word of knowledge, gift of faith, gifts of healings. And so we go into the next village. I finally convinced them to say, somebody's here to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And they just did not want to do it. They did not want to do it. They thought, this is not a good, we never heard of this. It's not going to work. And so they went to the next village. This lady's out there and they told her what I said. And she got so excited and she ran in and she got her daughter came out and she was saying that her back was hurt or whatever. So I laid hands on her. She got healed. They got saved and they ran and got somebody else and they ran and got somebody else. They ran and got somebody else. We went from village to village to village and people, so many people got saved that day when I got back to my hotel, I mean healed that day. I went back to my hotel room. I was journaling. I could not journal all the miracles and healings that took place that day. And I remembered what John wrote in the book of John. He said, if I were, to, if we were to try to record all the healings and miracles that Jesus did, all the volumes of the books of the world could not contain them. I always thought that was exaggeration. Until you begin to flow like that, where whole villages are getting healed and saved, you can't remember all of them. I remember we were sitting at a temple, some Buddhist temple, eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, taking a break. And this this, this this guy came riding up on a bike, frantic. He goes, I've been going from village to village looking for you because we heard that a healer was here. I'm like, well, his name's Jesus, by the way, all right? And he he he, he found us, took us back to his village to uh, heal his aunt. That is our assignment. How many of you wanted to have it here, not just in India? Okay, well that depends on us. How hungry are we? Are we going to pursue it? Are we going to believe it? Are we going to act on it and step out and say, God, we need it here. 
So let's do it. The application of this message today is for us to practice the presence of God and for everything I just preached for it to become a reality for us. The manifestation of the Spirit is to each one for the profit of all. Now, I want to say this before we step into this. We don't bat a thousand, and I know it, and it's painful. My wife battling cancer. My wife fell down the day after she finished 17 months of chemo, broke her leg, broke her arm, busted up her right kneecap. She's at home right now. But it doesn't change the Word of God. It doesn't change the gospel. We're contending for the kingdom. I think of Bill Johnson. His dad died of cancer. Bill didn't just throw in the towel and say, this stuff doesn't work. He just kept pressing. And there are people flying from all over the world to go to that church getting healed. Our youth pastor, our former youth pastor got healed. He had gout on his foot. And there we are worshiping together. And he, he was Hawaiian, so he had on flip-flops, so it was easy to see his foot, Kobe's dad. And he looked down, and his had brand new skin on his foot. I'm not going to back off on these things because we don't get 100%. If we back off, we get nothing. And the world suffers. And we suffer. Let's press into these things. And let's get what we can get until... We go home and be with Jesus, and it's the next generation's turn. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Go ahead. I got one patty cake. That's great. If you're going to... Come on. Chris, I appreciate your testimony, man. I appreciate your vulnerability, your honesty, and your hunger. Hunger moves heaven. So let's all stand, and I want to do it this way. We're going to do something a little different today. If you... Um, are not quite ready to step into this or you have questions and you'd rather be in a discussion group around this topic um the teen that the in fact the middle schoolers were already the middle schoolers were out right during this message what's that okay you guys were out and now they're back well that's awesome okay high schoolers if you would like to go with kobe and have your own prayer deal over there and Kobe's going to talk to you about the things I've talked about today and the gifts of the Spirit. Um, you're welcome to go with Kobe over here. You guys are going to go hide in a corner somewhere and you're going to have a power encounter. If you're an adult and you have questions about these things, we want to accommodate you where you're at in your spiritual development and your curiosity, questions you might have. We want to have a discussion group for you as well. So Mark, do you have a connect group leader? Who, who's going to do that? Mark Myers. Excellent. Mark Myers right here is that. Mark, if you could, uh, um, well, you could go over there. Yeah. Mark's going to go over there. If you would like to have a discussion around the gifts of the Spirit, the supernatural, you're just not sure about it, you are welcome here. You are part of us. Everybody's at a different place. So if you want to have a little discussion, you can go over it with Mark, and Mark's headed over that way. Grab a couple chairs. Grab your chair and go meet with Mark. For those of you who are ready to engage, I want to say, especially those who have sickness or disease in their body, would you please come up to the front here? And we are going to begin to pray for the sick. Um, I'm going to ask uh, Mark, you come on up. Mark Coversmith. If you have sickness or disease in your body, get up here. Let's give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to the Bible says that just says Jesus they went preaching the word everywhere and Jesus went with them with signs following. That's what we want is signs. We want evidence of the things that I've preached. Otherwise, it's just a sermon, and that's not what we're after. We could also ask the Lord to heat this place up. What do you think? We believe for that manifestation. Can we do that? 
I, by the way, I asked Ventana, I, I sent an email about us using their heat lamps that are stuck over there in the corner and some over there. I'm like, so I'm meeting with the GM of Ventana today and I want to ask him about those heat lamps. But for now, we're just going to have to trust God. Okay. All right. All right, come on. Ask the Holy Spirit, wherever you are, ask the Holy Spirit. Just tell him, say, I want to be used like that hose. I want it. I want to flow. These gifts are for me too. I'm part of the body of Christ. If you've never given your life to Jesus, do it right now. Just say, Jesus, I'm giving my life to you right now. I want you to be my Savior. As soon as you do that, He'll breathe His Spirit into you. And you can flow in the Spirit too. Those of you who want to be used in the gifts of the healings and miracles, the gifts of faith, come up from behind these that have come up for healing and lay your hand on their back. Don't spit on them. Don't breathe on them. Just come up behind them. Hopefully this is social protocol enough. Mask on, hands on. Hey, that's good. Mask on, hands on. <laughs> oh, Holy Spirit, it's your turn. Holy Spirit, it's your turn. Do what only you can do. Flow through your people. So what we'll do now is just, um, for those that are receiving prayer, you can just ignore this for a moment. But those that are giving prayer, exercising this spiritual gift of healing, want to wait for a couple of minutes and invite the Holy Spirit to come upon you. And then we're going to look for signs and see what He's doing. And then that is going to be your your word of knowledge, your your testimony that God is, is going to use you, which will increase your faith, which will increase the amount of healing that we see. So for those that are here to pray, to exercise this gift, just open your hands to the Lord, close your eyes, and we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come upon you with this healing gift. And we're going to take a minute to pay attention to what's happening within us and upon us and see if we can recognize something that he's doing. It doesn't have to happen, but it's helpful if it does. So open your hands. Holy Spirit, pray this with me, will you? Holy Spirit, I invite you right now to come upon me right now with your gift of healing. And Lord, if you'll do that, I'll pray. I'll pray anyway. But I want, I want your spirit upon me right now for healing. I want to see you do it. And I want to see you do it through me. So I welcome you, Holy Spirit, right now. Come on me and fill me with your healing power right now. Somebody else, your hands are getting hot. You can feel the heat in your hands. Some of you are feeling the emotion of excitement. Something is kind of rattling inside with the growing excitement. Somebody's feeling a, a deep compassion, a broken heart for those that are suffering, just hurting inside. Like, I want to do something about this. Feeling like, I want to do something about this. That's compassion. That's part of healing. 
Now reach out your hand to the people that are standing here waiting to receive. Reach out your hand and release what the Lord is doing within you. Just just say, Lord, I release now what you're doing through me. And whether or not you've had any symptom that you can identify, reach out your hand and release the Holy Spirit anyway. Just do it. And do it with confidence. Do it in faith. It helps for me to think of healing as a substance. It's like a substance. It's like something you can take in your hand and you can put it on somebody else. You can just release it. So just release the substance of God's healing power right now. Just release it to the person that's standing in front of you. say this, this is mine right now. This is mine right now. I accept. I accept your healing, Lord, right now. It's mine. It belongs to me. I'm claiming it now. This is mine. Come and fill me with your healing power, Lord. Fill me with your healing power.
pause for a second. I'm going to ask you a question. Um, while we were praying to receive the fullness of the gift so we could pray for others, if you, if you sense something from God happening in that, put your hand up. If you sense something while we were praying for that impartation of the healing gift, put your hand up high so everybody could see. You guys, that's, that's a lot that the Spirit was doing. It's a lot. That's a really good witness. Now, if you received prayer while someone was praying for you and you sense something going on either emotionally or physically in your body or spiritual uh, perception or revelation, but you, you felt like something was going on here when you were receiving for healing, put your hand up. Okay, keep your hands up. Those people right now. No, we're going to intensify this. We're not going to stop here. We want another for these. We want this completed. We want a greater impartation. So put your hands up, those that we're receiving. You're about to get a whole lot more. Father, with the greatest of respect. Father, with the greatest of respect. And you know that I love you. But I'm not satisfied with a touch. We're not satisfied, Lord, with a touch. A touch is not enough. A little, a little passing glimpse of you is not enough. God, I'm telling you, we want more. We are calling out for more. Lord, we insist on more because you are more. You are always more. You are never just enough. You are infinitely more and we need more. We're calling out for more, more of your Holy Spirit, more of your healing power. For those that have raised their hands and have begun to be touched by you, Lord, we want the second installment. We want the third installment. We're calling out for more of your Holy Spirit now. So give us more, Lord, of your Holy Spirit's healing gifts now. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Father with more of what you've got to give. Give us more, Lord. bunch of Phillips here, Lord. Unleash, Lord, unleash. Unleash, Lord, more presence. More gifts, Holy Spirit, we want you. More, Lord. Testimony after testimony after testimony. Your goodness and your power. God is for you. Make yourself famous in this church, Jesus. things as we're still in this posture of receiving just let me talk while you're still engaged um, notice that where Philip experienced his miracles was not in church it was out there only two of Jesus' miracles were in church all the rest were on the street only two miracles in the book of Acts were in the temple the rest are out on the street this is, this is where we come to get filled up and then we go everywhere heralding the gospel, the message of Jesus. And he will prove the message is true by doing miracles through you. But you've got to take risks. Amen. Don't play it safe because Satan isn't. We're the only thing in his way of bringing destruction and suffering and pain. Get in His way. 
step out, a person you work with. Can I pray for you? Absolutely. Take risks. And if you have children, go take them from the children's church right now, please. Oh, we want you, Lord. Come on, let's worship on our way. Closing out this message service. Come on, let's worship Him. Come on, let's sing, let's worship.
going to hear testimonies. It'll be awesome. Amen. Well, may the Lord bless and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Amen. Be blessed, everybody.